And I remember they wheeled me into the recovery room. I look over and I see my son sleeping on my husband. And my husband looks so tired. And I just remember being like, I wonder if, like, what's wrong with him? What? <laughs> I had like... <laughs> I just... I, the idea that he was tired did not cross my mind. Because I was just stoked. I was so excited. I was so happy. I had this like incredible sense of adrenaline. And the fact that I'd been... I'd probably gotten, you know, a couple hours of sleep over three days. I I have never felt more energized. (laughs) I warmly welcome you to a new episode of the Positive Birth Story podcast with me, Swedish midwife, Åsa Holstein. I'm a healthcare entrepreneur and a super proud mother to three children. My oldest one just turned 21. Can't wrap my head around that. It's wild. She has moved from home and started to study law to explore her own superpowers exactly what this podcast is all about a female superpower and i'm very happy to finally share a positive birth story that ended with an emergency c-section amanda's birth story an empowering story about being very clear on what it is that's really important for you during birth and having your expectations well aligned with who you are as a person this is also a very special story for me personally since i had the great honor to participate in this birth as a midwife doula And hour after hour, witness the enormous power we women hold within when we are given the right circumstances. If you, like Amanda, want to meet me in real life, I am now offering online one-to-one sessions where we together will find what it is that you need to claim a positive experience. So check out the Positive Birth Story podcast to read more. This is a podcast with women for women. Amanda, welcome to the Positive Birth Story podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to have you here because you and I know each other from before. (laughs) Definitely. Yeah, I met you in one of my birth preparing classes here in Stockholm uh, during the first hit of the pandemic. And then uh, I ended up being your midwife doula during your birth. So this is a very special episode, I think, for both of us to record. I'm I'm very happy to be here and happy to be included in in this podcast. You have such an important story to tell. Uh, You're going to share the story of when you gave birth to your first son, Max. So what makes your story so special? Well, I think I'm the first one on your podcast that had an unplanned um, C-section in the middle of the, uh, or I guess at the end of the birth. (laughs) Um, And I think that... It is a story about being clear on what is important about the birth experience and setting your expectations in a way such that even when things don't go the way that you've imagined in your head, that it's still a positive experience. Um, And I think for me, this story is very positive for me. When I think back on it, I feel so much love, I feel so much gratitude, and I feel powerful. And those are really, um, I am, I'm proud that those are the things that I associate with a prolonged labor that ended in an emergency C-section during a pandemic when I couldn't spend the time after my son was born with him. You know, there's a lot of reasons why I think this would be, um, that I could have had a very different experience towards this story. And I think, I'm, I think... I'm proud that 
the emotions and the experiences that I have when thinking about the story are really only positive. And what do you think was the most important thing for you to to end up with this positive experience, despite the very prolonged labor and the unplanned emergency C-section by the end? Yeah, I think there were there were three things that really helped. Um, I think the first was mentally preparing, um, mostly by expecting the worst and hoping for the best, um, which meant that I didn't want to hear positive birth stories. I wanted to really ex- understand how things could go wrong so that I could mentally prepare for that. I think the second thing was really being clear about what was important to me. I didn't have a strong view about a certain approach or a certain way of delivering or a position of delivering or whatever. I I wanted three things. I wanted primarily that that I was going to be in safe hands. So my safety and the safety of my my baby um, was priority one. Um, Priority two was to be as present as possible for the process. And priority three was that the communication be clear Uh, in English, and um, that uh, if something went wrong and there was nothing I could do about it, don't tell me. (laughs) And all of those things I got, uh, even though it happened in a way that I did not expect. And I, I, um, I think most people, when they're getting ready for, most women, when they're getting ready for birth, they think about, like, the story that their mom had. And that's what they sort of expect. And my mom's story was very different than this one. Um, so I didn't expect this birth, but I think the work I did in advance to be clear on, like to mentally prepare, to be clear on what I needed. And then the third thing was to be surrounded by the right people. Um, and, and I think that's why having you as a doula, um, was a a really incredible part and, and really made this a large part of why this story is so positive for me because I felt I felt like my wishes were respected I felt very cared for um and I felt like I was in a position to be powerful um and that I never felt powerless and those I think were were very uh, helpful in terms of making the story positive for me so would you say that your personality reflected on how you approached your birth preparation potentially um I think knowing what motivates you uh, was helpful, and for me, you know, preparing for the worst and hoping for the best really got me in the right mindset where it was maximize the chances of it being a positive experience because it was it was better than it could have been, you know, and that that mentality worked for me. That is not going to motivate everybody. I think you need to figure out what motivates you. Um, so that was one thing that I think helped motivate me. Um, I think the other thing was just being prepared, knowing what's going to happen next um, and what the what the points of failure, I guess, were. So like one of the fears I had was that the birthing center that I wanted to go to would be full on the day of. And I just remember when they were like, "Okay, you have a room. I just felt this like sense of relief. It's like, okay, like and then and and then later on when um, when there there had to be an unplanned c-section i also felt this immense sense of relief and gratitude and i think that that is like knowing knowing how things could go wrong and then when you navigate around them it made me feel these positive emotions 
Yeah, I think so. I think just setting the stage for when the contractions first started um, where was that he was born almost two weeks late. And I think those last two weeks were definitely the hardest two weeks of the pregnancy. I was miserable. I, I couldn't sleep. I was huge. Um, he was born at over four kilos or over nine pounds. Um, and so I was just, I was just like tired of being pregnant. And those last two weeks were mentally really challenging and physically challenging too. Um, and so I think when the, when I first felt like, Oh, was that, was that a contraction? It, it almost felt like a, a menstrual cramp. Um, and, uh, I had this like, no, it can't be. Is it really? Could, could, could this actually be starting? It was like this excitement. <laughs> um, and I didn't really believe it. So this was in the evening on Saturday. And I think I just sort of was like, oh, I'm not going to say anything. I think I had a conversation with my mom. And every time I wouldn't get a contraction, I just mute myself. I had another conversation with my friend. Same thing. Didn't tell them what was going on. Everything's fine. Like, I just didn't want to jinx it. I didn't want want anything to, um, I, I just, I, I was couldn't believe this was finally here. Like, I had this feeling of I'm just going to be pregnant forever and this is never going to end. And so, yeah, so the first night um, I slept for a couple hours, woke up at 5 a.m., went outside. Um, one of the nice things about living in Stockholm is you're always very close to water. So I think it was about five in the morning and I sat outside looking over the very still water and the birds and watched the sunrise. And I was like, okay, this is going to be the day. This is the day baby's going to arrive. <laughs> and he came like three days later. But yeah, it's fine. <laughs> uh, and it was like, I was just like mentally like, okay, let's do this. It's great. And I went in and I was super excited. And my husband woke up and we went and we got like, got a bagel, which are actually pretty hard to find in Sweden. Um, so I was like pretty excited about finding a bagel and, and just walking around. And yeah, so, so this is... This is Sunday now, uh, and we just tried to kill time. We did house projects. We cooked. Uh, we watched a movie. My husband made me my favorite dinner. Uh, and then that evening, my water broke. Um, and after that, we went in for a checkup, and they said the contractions were pretty frequent, so one every other minute, about 45 seconds long. Um, uh, but, per, like, the cervix was not opening. Um, and they were a little bit... There was concerned that there that these two things were out of sync um so they gave me something to slow down the contractions to sort of let the rest of my body catch up and I slept for a couple hours um now this is monday and we go home and continue to try to kill time um i think that's when we monday night is when we called you i think you came around 10 p.m or midnight and we had talked earlier so yes, I knew that true. the water had broken yeah and I said can we call it didn't you build something for the cat too yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah we were working on building a uh basically a, a a box for her kitty litter to hide the kitty litter box it was just we were just trying to kill time and do um various projects or various things to try to distract um from that I think the other thing we did is we made muffins uh, and that one was when the contractions were really starting to get intense. So it was like, okay, we need a cup of... <gasps> that was when I had joined you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it was, uh, it was really fun. I made a movie out of it. Do you remember? <laughs> yeah. You were yeah. baking and then a contraction came and you had to focus and yeah. then you baked some more. I think it took like 
three or four full hours to get the muffins ready <laughs> to finally eat them. But it was a great way to kill time. Yeah. Yeah, no, that was great. I think the other thing we did was we went for like a very, uh, like a power walk. Um, and for me, I'd had trouble getting, you know, down the street and back up until then. But I just had this incredible sense of being surrounded by loving people. And I was just so excited. I was so tired of waiting. And I could not wait to meet my kid that it just gave me this like boost of energy and went on this long walk and or felt long for me probably wasn't that long but every few minutes they'd have to stop and breathe and then keep walking and we were telling stories and it just felt like a party it was so much fun um and i just remember that the contractions always kept coming right at the punchline and i would have to like stop my story and then try to remember where i was and uh but uh but it made for a really uh, fun experience and I think that was like that was kind of from midnight until I don't know what 10 a.m or something or not even a long time yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah. of making muffins and trying to and drinking lots of coffee and then um and then at a certain point I remember you suggested that we called um birth center to uh to see if they had a place um and we did and they went and they checked on me and then they're like okay now we can admit you because your you know your water broke two days ago uh and they were gonna have to induce me that day if progress wasn't further made and i just remember this feeling of relief of being like okay like once we were in that birth room i was like it's gonna be okay because that was one part of my plan that i felt like i couldn't control if that if the birthing center was full they'd send me someplace else i didn't know what that was going to look like mentally it would have been a bit of a, a challenge i think so i was really grateful that we were able to be in that space and it was a beautiful space and i felt very um very taken care of um and then yeah it was just more hours of more intense contractions and not a lot of progress. Um, and that I think by hour 60, you suggested an epidural because I was just in. So I, I had, you know, the second thing that I wanted was to to be as present as possible. And it had become really difficult to try to be present at that point. Uh, I was just been awake for three days and um, it was just a level of exhaustion and, and I guess pain that had made it really difficult to stay present. Um, and I think it's nice because it was, it's a walking epidural. Um, so I could get up, I could walk around, I could have snacks, I could eat something. Um, and I remember though, once, once like that decision was made to get that, uh, and then they, they called the anesthesiologist in to, uh, put in the, tap um and and then she gets an emergency call (laughs) i was like no this is an emergency you can't leave i can't do this (laughs) you know i just felt this uh uh once that decision was made it was like okay i need to i need this now you know and i think like i think that's all about a mental game so for me that was the thing once i'd i'd sort of been able to keep myself mentally together for these different steps of the way making it to the the, the due date and then nothing happening after that was more challenging. And so I think um, the same was, was the case with this. Oh, yeah. yeah. I remember her leaving. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. She, she, she was like, okay, I can get like most of the way there. And then you had to like finish taping it up or something. And I was so grateful because I remember as soon as like her emergency button went off, I was like, if she leaves right now, I can't, I'm not going to be able to do this. Like I had mentally prepared myself for like relief is coming. And then if she would have left and it would have been unknown when that would come, I think that would have been mentally really challenging. 
Um, yeah, by then it was, yeah, you, you, it was a good choice to take that epidural then. You had really been working hard for many hours. You had strong, intense contractions, almost five contractions over a 10-minute period for many hours. Yeah. So, and that becomes fatiguing. Yeah. Body and mind. Yeah. So, epidurals are then a yeah. savior. <laughs> yeah, no, the epidural was great. I would say, though, that like after that happened, though, then I had to, uh, they had to give me, I had to be very careful because of my blood pressure. And it was just, it was a little bit of a domino effect where once you sort of cross over that line, um, then, then you may need other medications to sort of keep things level. You need to get a catheter, you need to other things. So it's like, I can understand why people are hesitant to do an epidural. Um, but for me, it, it really enabled me to do, to get what I wanted out of this experience, which was to be as present as possible. Um, and even after that, I remember kind of it, it sort of hitting a point where it was, the pain came back in pretty strong form and it became hard again to stay present. Um, but all of these like little factors, the back and forth, in fact, uh, in the middle of it, they had to stop everything and do a COVID test. <laughs> yeah, because you started to run a fever. Yeah, yeah. I had a fever. So the whole room and all the staff started to gear up. Yeah. And they locked all the cabinets and yeah, it was just... They put tape around any cracks. It was... Uh... It was, it was, it's funny thinking back on it now. I mean, it was funny at the time too, to be honest. Cause kind it was of like, like being in a film. Yeah, it was. Movie. It felt like I was in a movie. Yeah. Yeah. It was really, um, it was like, of course, this is what was happening now. Um, but I think for the most part, like, I don't remember, I don't have really strong, uh, memories of those hours. I just remember being surrounded by, um, my partner and you and, um, and great care and being in a beautiful space and feeling like, okay, this is, this is what I need to do right now. This is where I need to be. And I'm very happy that I can just focus on this and nothing else. And, um, to try to just breathe. And, um, I think thinking about this as, as a really powerful experience, um, in other words, so one of the best things about doing the course with you was the way that you described giving birth as, as being powerful like you are you have this power in you when you do this that gave me a lot of strength because when I thought of it in that way it was like challenge accepted like okay let's do this and I felt this like inner strength and inner power that was really uh that helped me get through I think some of those the physical um contractions If you, like Amanda, want to meet me in real life, I am now offering online one-to-one coaching sessions where we together will find what it is that you need to claim a positive experience. Or maybe you need and want to start the healing process of a previous birth that wasn't what you had hoped for. To check out what I offer, go to the thepositivebirthstorypodcast.com. And I think that the thing, though, that was... Like there were certain points that were really hard, but those points were not driven by the physical aspect of it, right? Like I felt like this is what I need to do right now. There's no other, you can't stop it. You can't like, oh, I I decide I don't want to be having contractions right now. You can't, oh, well. (laughs) Um, So I think there's like a release and a relief in that of, of knowing exactly where you need to be and what you need to be doing. 
I think that was very positive and, and helped me with the physical pain. I think the periods that I, when I look back on it that were challenging were very much mentally driven. So after 70 hours, 65 hours, um, I was five centimeters dilated. And then three hours later, I was five centimeters dilated. And it was, oh, it was hard. That was a hard moment because it feels like you're working so hard and all you need to do is keep stepping one step forward, one breath, breathe, 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 and then you're expecting progress and it, it wasn't there. And progress had... And mentally, that was really challenging. Um, and then they had to give me more oxytocin to try to push the process along um, because it was not moving on its own and that made the contractions um basically non-stop right so you like you'd be coming down from one and the next one would stop start you you wouldn't have that same break that I had before and I think that became really really intense and hard and I could see it right you see this monitor where you see the line going up even before you feel it and it, I just remember this feeling of like I can't not another one <laughs> um and uh, so, so trying to manage that, though, of just like trying to get progress and everybody was really trying to help me get progress and it just wasn't happening. Um, we were working so hard. You oh, were working yeah. so hard. <laughs> uh, yeah. Not we. No, you we, were, we. I yeah. think we is very much the case. But, you were up for 20 you, hours. Yeah, <laughs> you were working so hard. You changed positions and going to the gym circuit training we had yeah. you sitting on the ball we had you sitting on the birthing stool we had you laying down in the bed with one leg up we had you <laughs> squatting sitting in the rocking chair that was a nice moment yeah then you were almost sleeping when it was peace and quiet after the epidural you were sitting in the rocking chair I was massaging your shoulders mm. and your husband was sleeping <laughs> <laughs> so yeah but you had really worked hard and it's just it is so mentally frustrating when the body is not working for you. Yeah. Yeah. And the process is not moving forward. And the downside with the epidural is that it might mean or require more medical interventions, yeah. which was, you know, what happened in your case. Yeah. You needed the oxytocin drip to get the contractions stronger. And then the contractions became too close together. And then we had to lower the dosage, mm. but then we didn't have any progress. <laughs> and then you started to have the fever because of the, um, the many hours after the water had broken and like everything started to become a little bit complicated. Yeah. So what would you say for you, uh, when was the most challenging moment for you during your birth? Right near the end. I'd been at it for 70 hours, about 40 hours of active labor after my water broke where I was having contractions every, I don't know, every other minute or so. And baby's heart rate started to fall very quickly. And it was commotion in the, I don't say chaos, it's a commotion in the, in the birthing room where all of a sudden it went from very calm and soft music. And I think I was getting a foot massage and just felt very life very focused and okay I'm focusing on breathing to there are eight people in the room I'm getting a shot of something to stop the contractions um, I'm being moved around and I know something is wrong and it was so scary I felt like mentally it it snapped something in me that had managed to hold out until that point 
because I felt like I felt really scared for my child. Mm. Um, and I could see his heart rate just dum, 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 go down. And I think it stabilized and, um, and then, you know, somebody came and talked to me and they were like, yeah, so at this point, like, basically we, you don't have another option. Like the option to continue, that door is closed. Um, I think, uh, an, uh, an, un, uh, an unplanned C-section makes the most sense. And then they laid off the reasons why I'd had a fever, which means I potentially have an infection someplace. I had, my water had broken um, two days before, um, there had also been some signs of stress that the baby was under that they, you know, kind of told me when that was relevant. And I appreciated that because that was what I had asked for. Um, and so I remember when they came and told me this and it was like, the baby is okay, but this is what we need to do next. And I felt immense relief and I felt gratitude because it was clear to me that if I was in this situation, you know, 100 years ago, 200 years ago, probably both me and my child would have died. And so the fact that I was giving birth in 2020 and that I had, like, I was just so grateful for the medical care. And I knew that I had taken it, I'd done everything that I could, and I'd given everything to it, and I held nothing back. And I think for those reasons, I felt very positive. I felt very accomplished. I felt grateful. Um, and I felt relief. I was like, okay, this is, I can see the exit door now. <laughs> um, and that felt, uh, that felt amazing. And then the C-section didn't happen that long after the decision was made. Yeah, so I was very grateful for that. Kind of shortly thereafter, I was wheeled down and so many people in the room and they were all women and they were all wonderful and introduced themselves to me and told me what they were going to be doing and you know, why they were there. And there was somebody who was, you know, helping with my blood pressure levels and there was somebody else who was doing this and someone else was doing that. And it was just a very like... It was it was a calm and professional and I don't know how would I describe it. I remember you saying that you felt safe. Yeah, I definitely yeah. felt safe. I felt in very good hands. That's mm -hmm. that's a good way of describing it. I felt in good hands. And you were also allowed to have your husband with you and yep. he was right by your side. Yep. Yep, he was right there. He's the only man in the room. <laughs> Uh, and that felt really good. I felt very, very taken care of, very safe. Um, but there was still part of me that was just like disbelief, I guess, after this whole process, long pregnancy, this, um, very long labor, um, and this mm, scare with like heart rate scare, um, that I was just like, I'll believe it when I see it. And so I just remember Like it, the C-section part wasn't pleasant. I felt like I was on a boat and they, I was like getting rocked back and forth. And, um, and I had all of these medicines or medications, I guess, to try to keep my blood pressure at the right level and to keep the, um, like the, the anesthesia at the right level and whatnot. So, but it wasn't painful. No, it wasn't. It, It was uncomfortable. It wasn't painful. Mm. Um, it was uncomfortable. And I think I was just so 
done with being pregnant at that point. Um, but there was this moment when, like, and I first heard him, and I first heard a baby cry, and I just did this, like, oh my God, we're there. We're there. We reached the finish line. We crossed the finish line. He's here. We, I did it. I did it. And it was this incredible sense of relief and release and wonderful emotions. And they bring him over and, uh, yeah, well, and that's when I found out it was a him. <laughs> uh, and I tried to hold him, but because of the, the various, um, medicines and because of the medicines isn't the right word what's the right word <laughs> drugs thank you uh, because of all of the drugs in my system and how long i'd been at this i was shaking too much i couldn't hold him um i couldn't i couldn't keep him on my chest so um my husband had to hold him while they they finished and showed me up and then i got to take a few pictures with him and then they wheeled me off to a recovery area where i had to be on my own until i could move my legs um and my my son Max and my husband went up to their recovery room, um, uh, and I was just sitting there alone. Like I was like, "Oh, you, you should rest." It's like, "Are you kidding me? I want to go hang out with my kid. <laughs> I just got to meet him." Um, I don't know if you've ever seen Kill Bill, but there's this scene where um, Uma Thurman is like looking at her toes and being like, "Move, move," and she sort of wills her body to move and that's exactly how I felt I was sitting there like just trying so hard to get some movement so they could let me return and be reunited with my family and that felt like it took forever but finally that happened they wheeled me up and I remember they wheeled me into the recovery room I look over and I see my son sleeping on my husband my husband looks so tired and I just remember being like I wonder if, like what's wrong with him what <laughs> I had like <laughs> I just, I, the idea that he was tired did not cross my mind because I was just stoked. I was so excited. I was so happy. I had this like incredible sense of adrenaline and the fact that I'd been, I'd probably gotten, you know, a couple hours of sleep over three days. I, I have never felt more energized. <laughs> it was so funny. It was so funny. Um, Yeah. And that is just so fantastic because of all the hormones yeah. after we have given birth. Yeah. Uh, and the partners, no matter which sex, <laughs> yeah. are so tired. They're so tired. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I just remember looking at him and, and being like, my first impression was just confusion. Like, what? why is he, why is he sleeping? I don't, how can you be sleeping right now? This is amazing. This is like super exciting and energetic. I was so energized. Um And yeah, and then I like, that was like midnight at this point. I think they came in and gave me like some food and a smoothie that I hadn't managed to finish before. Because what happened before was they'd, I'd, they'd made me a smoothie and then I got the epidural and I couldn't eat anything after. Oh no, then there was a C-section and I couldn't eat anything after that. Because you could eat after the epidural, yeah, but yeah, not so. when there was like this C-section yeah, risk yeah. hoovering over you. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So... Like they came in, gave me a smoothie. I had like two sips and then I couldn't have any more because I was going to get a C-section. So it was nice to finish that smoothie. It was delicious. And I just remember being there and they came in and they, um, uh, they came in and they showed me the placenta. Um, and they were, the, the midwife who showed it to me was just so excited and she was so enthusiastic about it. And it felt very, it felt really nice to have childbirth be so 
powerful and exciting and just celebrated in a way that I hadn't really seen or experienced before. And I was just like, wow, look at, look at what bodies are capable of. Isn't this amazing? Yeah, so I just stayed there. I kind of held my, my son's hand. He was just sort of looking around, chilling. Like, okay, what's going on here? <laughs> and I think I slept a little bit that night, but I just remember my my face was probably hurting from grinning so much afterwards. So it was a very positive experience in a way. And in always, actually. No, interesting. Which I think is so cool because listening to it, it sounds like it shouldn't be <laughs> because of all the hours and all the complications and all the hard work that you did that ended up with the C-section. Yeah. Which was nothing that you had anticipated or I wished did, for. Yeah, I definitely did not think I would have a C-section. So after the C-section, they basically, I, I was told that because of the way he was positioned, that a C-section was inevitable. Uh, like there was no, there was, there was a really, really low chance of it ending any other way. And that felt really good. It felt like, okay, I did everything that I could. I brought it as far as I could. And I'm really grateful that I'm in 2020 when the, this, this is a, an option, a safe option. And this enables me to bring my child into the world. Um, and I just, I felt very, a lot of gratitude for that. And I, I, I know there's nothing I could have done differently. And that is a very freeing feeling. I gave it my everything. And I think that really helped me feel very positive about the experience. Oh, I'm, I'm sure about that. And also that you felt that you were part of the decisions being made. I think so. I, I think. Because I think you it was were more actually asked earlier if you yeah. had energy to keep going. Yeah. As I recall it. That's true. That's true. So. Um, and you said, yeah, yeah, that's true. I want to go on some more. <laughs> that's <laughs> I want to give it another try. <laughs> I think I I was involved in the decisions, but I think I also felt like I was in very good hands. So I didn't have to control everything. I could let go in a way because I had people that I deeply trusted that I knew were going to make the right decision. So I could let go of that. I could let go of thinking and planning and just be in the moment and just work as hard as I could in that moment. And I think there was some times when I was asked, do I want to do this or not? And, um, but I almost appreciated the fact, like when they were like, yeah, okay, you need to have a, uh, unplanned C-section. There wasn't really a decision that I could make there. There wasn't another option. And I appreciated that because it made it so I didn't have to, second guess or think or wonder it was like this is the only option and I could give myself fully to that um so I think like I was involved in the decisions but for me it was actually really nice to be able to give away a little bit of that responsibility um to and and know that I was in really good hands and then just be able to focus on being present and doing what I needed to do in that process so looking back at it is there anything you would have liked to do differently? It may be surprising to hear this, but no, I don't think I would have done anything differently. I gave it everything that I had, and I am proud of that accomplishment. I felt like I... Damn, this is hard. <laughs> I think it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Yeah. 
that was what I thought you would answer. <laughs> but I think it's important to have it. Like. Yeah. No, I, I think, um, like, I just think about if I would have known that um, a C-section was inevitable, you know, would I have just gotten it earlier? The answer was no, because it was part of the reason that it made it positive for me was because I could look at myself and know that I gave everything. Um, and that I did everything I could to bring my son into this world safely. So I wouldn't have changed anything. I think I was surrounded by the right people. I think I was in the right place. I think the, the mentality, and I don't know if this is just this birthing center or in Sweden, but it is very much one of empowerment um, and trust in, your, in yourself and in your body. And, uh, and I think being in that environment really helped me harness this inner strength so that I look back on the experience and I feel accomplished. I feel loved. I feel so grateful. For me, uh, for me as a midwife, it was such an honor to be there with you as a doula because it's different from being a midwife. I, I was with you for many hours, almost each and every contraction. Yeah, you were he <laughs> yeah. a hero, heroic. I don't no. know what the, yeah, what the word is. No, 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 I wasn't heroic. You were heroic. But it was just like, for me, it was such an uh, intense experience of just being with a woman in labor in another way than, than, than what I usually am. Because I, I have my work tasks to do and mm -hmm. I have to make sure the process is going forward. I was only there to support you. And it's just, I'm always amazed by the power we women have inside. And I was just amazed by how you just kept going and going and going and going. And uh, I also think it is because of the support we could provide you with that helped you to just let go of control. Yeah. And just be in the moment and be in the process. And I think that is so cool to to see it I happening think, for yeah. real. And not only talking about it, but yeah. it, it it actually works. Yeah. I think that and the mental preparation around viewing this as a empowering thing and that and and just whatever you need to do to mentally prepare yourself to, to get into that headspace. And for me, it was kind of expecting the worst and then therefore anything that happened would be upside, would be positive. Um, I think the, the, the support that it enabled me to let go of control and the mental preparation that enabled me to harness this power inside that I don't think I would have been able to Uh, to do if I had prepared it differently um, and also just being really clear about what I wanted and what I wanted was not uh, I must have a vaginal birth I must have a water birth I must have a x y or z what I wanted was to be fully present and that my son would be delivered safely and I got those things yeah but what you talk about regarding the preparation is also that you stay true to who you are and what needs you have For example, you didn't listen to this podcast prior, even though we knew each other and you knew that I made this podcast. You have listened to the episodes after. <laughs> yeah, I tried listening to it before, but it made me nervous to hear positive, wonderful stories 
because I felt like it would make me then expect that. And then if it didn't turn out to be my story, that I would feel disappointed. So I had a hard time listening to positive birth stories before. I've loved listening to them afterwards. <laughs> but before, it didn't get me in the mind space that I needed to be in uh, to prepare for, okay, whatever happens, it's going to be positive because I know it's going to be okay. I have the support. I have the I'm clear in terms of intentions and I trust in myself and I have the Yeah, that's what I'm always preaching. Like you need to stay true to who you are and what needs you have. And if you listen to the podcast and the podcast makes you feel nervous, please do not listen. <laughs> Only listen if it helps you. So we're all, you know, we all have different needs. Yeah. So for some it is like it was for you to prepare for the worst, like worst case scenario <laughs> thinking <laughs> and uh, getting information about that. Yeah. And then... Um, not expecting anything. <laughs> yeah, and I think if I would have expected a very different birth, it, it would have been hard for me to feel as positive as I do about it. Um, but because I sort of let go of expectations, it wasn't that I expected things to go badly. I let go of expectations such that I remained clear on what it is that I wanted and let everything else just come as it, as it did. Mm. Um, Let birth unfold. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I would like to ask you, since you were the first woman with a C-section, I want um, yeah. want to ask you a little bit how you um, how it was after the C-section, because I think that's something many women think about, like, how was the recovery? Mm. For me, the recovery was generally fine. I think it maybe took a little bit longer than it would have if I would have had, if I didn't have a C-section, but I was out moving pretty quickly. So after I get back to the recovery room and they're like wheeling me in and I see my son and I see my husband and he hands over the baby to me and I walk to the bathroom to get my baby pajamas and the nurse comes in or the midwife comes in and like freaks out. <laughs> and she's like, what are you doing? You can't be walking. You just had a C-section. I was like, I am getting my baby pajamas. And they're like, I can get those for you. I was like, I'm also going to wash my face. <laughs> <laughs> But I was so determined. I was I was determined to go and wash my face and get my baby pajamas. And I could do that. Um, and then I had somebody come in the next day and help me, you know, figure out how to move so that I minimized pain. And I think it was painful for maybe a couple of weeks after that. I remember it was hard to laugh and it was a really happy, like the, the, those first weeks after he was born, I was just grinning all the time and I was super happy. And, uh, and so not being able to laugh was, was, uh, not great. <laughs> um, But I don't remember how long that lasted. And I also don't know if that was C-section specific. Um, I think recovery from birth is yeah, can be a challenge. You just had... Like, it's a big thing. It's a big thing to give birth, uh, no matter how you do it. It requires time to recover. Yeah, I just remember that because, like, the idea of, like, not being able to go get, like my son pajamas and wash my face like didn't occur to me and then I remember like getting up and getting out of bed and like pressing the button because I was like well maybe I should have somebody here just in case and they came in and like what are you doing I was like you're gonna help me walk to the bathroom now they're like uh, okay <laughs> don't really want to do that but <laughs> um but it felt very empowering and the next day you know they encouraged me to get up and to walk and 
again, it just felt like, like you are stronger than you know, and, and I know this, so we're going to help you figure that out. Like that was my approach. That was the, the feeling I got about the medical care that I received. I remember walking all the way down the hall to bring my son to the uh, pediatrician to, to get checked out. And it was a long walk. And I remember I was there and I was back and I was exhausted, but I, was so, I felt so accomplished. I was, and I think that was uh, a reoccurring theme for me. Um, in terms of the recovery was just, yeah, like people like, oh, you had this, this major surgery. It's going to, it's going to take you a long time to recover. And then being like, yeah, I want to be kind to myself, but I also, I know my body and I know my strength and I can get up and I can walk and walking down the hall and back felt like a win. And that was really cool to have it, to have it be in that mindset and to have it to be in that expectation space. Cool, but you just kept the same mindset that you had all throughout the process. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I, I, yeah, I think you're right. I hadn't thought about that before, but I think you're right. From a medical perspective, it's really good to be up and moving fast after a C-section too. It's good to prevent blood clogs, for example. Mm. So, so going up fast is good. Good. <laughs> I have joined Patreon as a way to finance making more episodes. This has been and is still a pro bono project for me. But now I need to ask for your help. I would love to keep commercials out of the episodes. So I would be thrilled if you would support me as a patron in this mission of mine to let positive stories about birth come to life. I believe that we together can change the narrative around birth. Statistics show that most patrons are men. That would also be awesome to change. A podcast with women, for women, supported by women. Eh? Pretty cool. So go to Patreon and look for the podcast. Was there anything during the process that surprised you? Because it's usually it's a lot of things that Yeah, surprises. no, definitely. I think how, how powerful I felt surprised me. Um, how accomplished I felt surprised me. I think the, the biggest surprise was obviously just that I wish I could explain this physical pain, mental pain thing better. Um, but I think it was just when you think about labor, you think about the physical pain and you prepare for that. And that was easy compared to the mental pain and the fear. And I think if you can be in an environment where you don't have that mental fear, mental pain, um, it makes things so much easier. Um, and I think for me, like I was in a, a very loving environment. I felt very surrounded and very, very cared for and respected. Um, so I think that surprised me um, was just how non-important the physical pain felt. Honestly, the biggest surprise was just how incredibly happy I was after he was born. Like, it was amazing. Um, and it's been so much fun. It's been so much better than I expected. Yeah, you were you were on a happy cloud for quite a few months. Yeah. And now yeah. also. Yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. yeah. Just a big joy to see you. Yeah. No, and it was, you know, in the... In your new role as a mother. Yeah, it was really cool. I think in the months that followed, I hadn't... It's probably the least I've ever slept in my life. And I would... I was... I felt so present and so energized. Um, that was really cool. How did your partner experience this prolonged labor? Oh, it was awful. <laughs> I think it's one of the worst experiences... No, I'll rephrase. It was the worst experience of his life. Having to stand next to me while I was in so much pain for so long and him being able to do nothing, or he felt like he was able to do nothing, 
was really hard uh, for him. And, and for you, he was so important. Yeah, absolutely. I think for me, he felt like he was doing nothing. I felt like he was doing everything. He was there for me all the time, you know, rubbing my back, rubbing my feet, getting me water, getting me ice cubes. He did so much during that process. Um, so I did not feel like he was, you know, powerless in the way that he probably felt like he was. Um, yeah, he was my rock. That's what's so hard with being a partner, that you sometimes also feel that you need to do so much, but a lot of the time it's just to be there. Just being there is the important thing. But yeah, yeah absolutely. I'm also glad that I was in my shoes and not in his shoes, which I think is an interesting one. Like, I'm just kind of realizing that now. Oh, that's really interesting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I would, I think, especially this mental pain, physical pain realization for me made me realize that for him, it was all mental pain. He was seeing somebody, you know, seeing the person he loved in pain. And that was really hard. And for me, I was getting all this love and support and feeling so powerful and so accomplished and experiencing physical pain that I could overcome and feel powerful and like, you feel this great feeling of accomplishment after Like going through something like that and he his experience was very different but I think that's like that's kind of important right like I was in labor for 72 hours and pretty intense labor for 40 hours and I had an emergency c-section or an unplanned c-section and I would have rather been in my shoes than my husband's shoes I think my job was easier how do you think a partner should prepare then What would be a good way for a partner to prepare? Is there a way for the partner to prepare? I mean, he was with me at every stage that I did to prepare. Um, I know, but maybe the partner needs some other kind of preparation. Yeah. I'm just thinking There's out just loud like now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, yeah, it's a good question. I, I, um, I don't know if all partners experience, like, I, I don't know if... My husband's experience was like all partners' experiences. Um, I think for him it was particularly um, impactful, or like particularly challenging. So if you were to have a second child, how would you like to give birth to that child? I think the same way I did for the first. I think my worry would be like in, in for Max's case, the way he was positioned and also the size of his head made it so that a C-section was inevitable. And I guess my worry would be that they would find that out ahead of time and I wouldn't have had the experience of the the labor experience that I did. It would just be the C-section. And I'm grateful for the fact that he was, um, uh, that, I, that I was able to have, to experience so much of the labor experience, um, even though it ended in C-section. So I would prefer to have another unplanned C-section after labor than a planned C-section. Um, the cool thing is if you get pregnant again, and if you can have a vaginal birth, which you can in Sweden, even yeah. though you've had a C-section, um, your body will remember hmm. dilating to five centimeters. Oh, I hope so. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you will have benefit from going through that process with Max. Yeah. Which is pretty cool because the body has a bodily memory. Yeah. And it will uh, hopefully then 
dilate faster (laughs) and hopefully you will have a smaller baby (laughs) yeah i have to say though i think the the hard the hardest part of the pregnancy was the last two weeks but after he was born i was really i was actually quite grateful for that because he was quite healthy and i think um, that made the first four five six months with him a lot easier than it would have been because he was you know over nine pounds over four kilos he was very sturdy He's a very sturdy baby from birth. Um, and I think that was really nice not to have a feeling of fear around, like, my newborn. Um, and that was worth... I wish I would have known um, that ahead of time. Because those last two weeks, I really needed something mentally to, like, motivate me. And and that would have been a nice motivator. So I think if you if you have a, a birth... Or have a, have a kid that's determined to... Uh, hang on for dear life. There is an upside to that, which is, can, be, can make the, the period after they're born uh, a little bit easier. But they do mature and they do grow also, but yeah. they do mature yeah. during those two weeks. Yeah, that was a surprise for me and a positive one, quite a positive one. So did you know that you had this superpower, the strength to endure for this long within you before it started? I think, uh, so during the one of the labor preparation classes that I did with you, I remember you talking about the only position that you're not allowed to give birth in Sweden is on your back, because it is a powerless position, and birth is powerful. And so you can be in any other position. And, and that was really interesting coming from the US, where that is how it seems like everybody gives birth, and that's what you see on TV, and that's what you see, um, because that's the easiest position for the doctors. Um, and I think that that course changed my mind on on what this process can be. After that course, I felt like I am in the driving seat of this process. I am not a passenger. I, I can push this forward, and I have everything in me to be able to do that, and I have nothing to be afraid of. Um, I'm not receiving this. I'm not passively experiencing this, I am driving it. Um, and I think that's the, that that's what, for me, that, that was very empowering. Um, I don't really, you know, it's funny because I, I think you've mentioned a couple of times the, um, like, do I, like that this was a very long and I was, I don't know, what would you say? Like it was, um, <sighs> Prolonged labor? Yeah, but yeah. it was just, you know, did you did you know you had the energy or the, like, the fortitude to continue kind of... And honestly, like, that part, I'm just like... It doesn't really hit my radar in a way. Um, I think the, the thing that I needed fortitude for was, like, the mental scares, the mental, like, mentally hitting his due date and having no progress and going two weeks beyond that and then being afraid that I was going to have to be induced and having that... Like, that's not what I want, right? And then having, you know, being in labor for so long and and not um, having any progress. And then the big one was obviously like having having a a scare um, where, you know, his heart rate dropped and there was a few other warning signs. Um, Those are the things that I, when I think back on it, those are the hard things. Like the contractions, they, maybe it's the hormones or whatever else, but even like right afterwards, they just didn't seem to register on my, my scale mentally as much as I would have expected. And I think part of it is because I had the uh, right mindset going into it. 
um, due to the preparation I did and, and what my expectations were. Um, this was not a process that I could be in the passenger seat for. This is a process I was going to drive and I had everything in me to drive. I had every, I had the power in me to bring this to fruition and that power was respected the whole way through. So if there was one wisdom or advice you'd like to pass forward to the women listening, what would that be? The two things that made a big difference for me was the mental preparation ahead of time. And for me, that was knowing what motivates me um, in my circumstance, expecting the worst and hoping for the best, and being really clear on what I wanted. For me, it wasn't important the position or the, you know, I didn't need a water birth or anything specific with regard to the birthing experience. What I wanted was to be present, as present as I could. And that meant that even though I didn't plan to have an epidural, that was the right decision. Even though I didn't plan to have a C-section, that was the right decision because I wanted to be present and I wanted my safety and baby safety to be number one. The second thing that really helped me was realizing that giving birth is a powerful thing, that you are not a passenger in this, that you really can drive this. I think a lot of the ways that giving birth is portrayed is one where women are the victim, something they have to endure, that they're along for the ride, whereas you really can be the one driving it. And this is your birth story. This is your experience. And you have control over what that's going to look like for you. I think with my story, you can see that that didn't happen the way that I had expected. But what I did control was my expectations. What I did control was what I wanted out of it and being really clear on what my priorities were. And that made me feel very powerful in the end because I knew that I stayed true to what I wanted and I got what I wanted. I had a healthy, happy birth. Thank you so much for sharing your beautiful story. I'm really happy to be here. I think it's important that you have... uh, positive c-section stories on your podcast because my story is for me it was a very positive experience uh and i think if that can be helpful to other women then then that's a story that needs to be told thank you for listening to this for me very special episode of the positive birth story podcast and dearest amanda I hold this very special place in my heart for you and the pure bravery that you showed while bringing Max into this world. I am immensely proud of you. As a midwife, it is crucial for me to put the light on the fact that a positive and empowering experience from giving birth actually can be the thing that you might have dreaded the most. As long as you during the process feel respected, held, supported and part of the decisions that are being made. Or like in this story, where all the options had been explored, that you can feel that you have really given it all that you had and that the only alternative left is the very best possible alternative. I actually think there is great comfort in that knowledge that some things lay outside of ourselves and that all we can do while giving birth is to give it our very best go. I'm getting the most fantastic emails each week from women around the world that have listened to the podcast and been empowered by the stories in it be honest it makes me proud as hell (laughs) if you have been helped by listening to the podcast and have a birth story that you like to share both on the podcast and on our instagram do send an email to me all contact info is available on the positive birth story podcast.com and a sweet reminder if you haven't joined me on patreon yet 
I humbly ask you to do so. Your contribution will allow for me to make more episodes about the power of birth. And if you have joined me, I am sending you massive amounts of Oasa love. Can you feel it? It's coming your way. Thank you. Other ways to support me on the podcast is to rate us on whatever pod platform you're using and to spread the word about it by sharing it with friends, family and colleagues. So from the depth of my uterus, thanks for joining me on this mission of mine and may the force be with you.